I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is Nile and Andrea talking about music topics. And uh, today's music topic is particularly close to uh, a lot of people's hearts. It's uh, it's it's a person that we don't really hear talk of a lot in in the world of music, in Irish music really, do we? I don't know, do we? Do we talk about one of the Ireland's most successful musicians? Of all time, of all time, the biggest selling Irish solo artist and biggest overall behind you two. Who could we be talking about? Who could we well, be talking if it's, about? If it's not Bono, I don't know who we could possibly 80 million about. plus albums sold. It's Enya. Of course it's Enya. We're talking about Enya. It's her birthday. It was her birthday this week. Happy birthday, Enya. We know she's a big fan of the show. Um, so big shout out to her. Thanks for listening. Um, happy birthday. 60th birthday, is that right? 60th birthday, Enya was this week. So we thought we'd uh, we'd take a... Uh, we need to talk about Enya. We need to talk about Enya because we she doesn't really get enough kudos. But she has been getting kudos recently and in the last number of years. Um, and we're going to talk about that and I'm going to address that. It's a, a reappraisal of sorts for Enya here. Um, you know, it, it's become a very popular thing to talk about Enya, especially for a lot of American artists for some reason. Um, a very particular strand of, of American independent uh, artists. But also, as, as we'll talk about, there's loads of other artists out there. Loads of people who've talked about Enya as an influence and some surprising, some not. Etna Patricia Brennan. Etna Nibrenon. We will get into a bit later on about, you know, this artist who lives on a hill in Dalky in a castle and the 80 million plus albums he has sold in the last, whatever it is, 34 years, 38 years. She is one of the biggest artists in the entire world and is actually still doing it. And it's eight solo albums. And uh, as recently as... What, 2019, I think she's been releasing. She released something last year. She releases albums all the time. 
and they do really really well um so it's time it's time we talked a bit about more about uh, one of ireland's great treasures and there's no way better way to start that by by playing this for you Of course, that is Orinoco Flow. What else could it be? One of the finest examples, uh, most famous example of, of Enya's uh, work over mm. the years. That is from her second album, Watermark, her breakthrough album, which was her second studio album. We're going to get into a lot of that later on about. You know, that music video is one of my earliest memories is of that being on the TV. Well, it is. Yeah. I'd say for a lot mm. of Irish people, it is absolutely. I think I really liked it because I really liked looking at when, when they did the art and stuff on the den. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is art, but there's like a lady in it. What? Can you be among the art? That's amazing. Watercolor painting yeah. kind of style. Yeah, I watched it, it today. Crazy. It still stands up. It's an unbelievable video. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing. Um, I have um for you, because I think with Enya... Especially as Irish, Irish people, we've a kind of a funny relationship with Enya. We're 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 deeply um, protective of her. Um, like other people from other countries aren't allowed to slag her, but we we all sort of have this this odd relationship with her where we absolutely adore her. But for a long time, it was sort of um, I don't know if you ever found this, but it was sort of she was a bit of a meme or something, or she was a bit of a kind of. A guilty yeah. pleasure for a lot of people. People would be like, "Oh, I'm going to get in the bath and drink my wine and listen to Enya." And and yeah, she became short. There's actually just nothing wrong with doing that. I would say um, at <laughs> all. That's not something that needs to be a joke, or you don't need to be embarrassed by doing that. We don't know that much about her. We only really know the things about her that she wants us to know. So I put together a little timeline. Very short, just to kind of catch people up as to what she's been doing from the moment she was born to now. And it's just a little cliff notes on who Enya is. Okay, so on the 17th of May, 1961, a child is born. Her ch- That child's name is Enya. Jump forward to, to 1964, Enya, age three, enters her first singing competition. She, I, I don't know if she won. I don't think she did. I think that would have been on, in the article. Um... 1978, she leaves school at the age of 17 to study classical music for a year in the hopes of becoming a music teacher. 1980, she leaves college. She definitely gives music teacher vibes. She she? does, yeah, yeah. Or art teacher or kind of um, SPHE teacher that you can go to with your problems. Like Hmm. she'd, she'd give you a note to say out of class. Like 1980, she leaves college, joins the family band. Clannet, managed by Nikki Ryan, who would go on to become her longtime collaborator. 1982, during a tour of Switzerland with the group, Nikki was out of the project, gone, and then he decides to go with him. Um, She sold her saxophone to get some cash to help set up a studio with Nikki and Roma Ryan. Shoot forward to 1983, she performs at the National Stadium in Dublin for Ortiz's music show Festival Folk. 
Um, a musician who worked with her at the time said, quote, she was so nervous she could barely get on stage and she cowered behind the piano until the gig was over. Off the back of a tape that was kind of sent around to some film studios, she then got the job to score the film The Frog Prince, which I think is a romantic comedy. I've never seen it. Mm. Have you seen it? Do you know it? Uh, no, not the, that not that film, but... Um... Is it like the Disney one? Is it like the same story? Then it is I kind of, you know. I don't know, yeah. to be honest. And then we go, we're go. we going into the late 80s then. She starts getting commissioned by various TV and film studios to kind of compose work for, for TV and film. She records music for a BBC show called The Celts. And that would form the guts of her self-titled debut record uh, in 1987. So the self-titled album reaches number eight in the Irish albums chart uh, and number 69 in the UK albums chart. And then in, uh, I have written here 1887, but I'm assuming that's wrong. Um, <laughs> I mean, be forgiven for thinking that. Yeah. Uh, she starts work on her second record, Watermark, which is the breakout that, that went on to have absolutely massive success. This is the record with Arnaco Flow, and that went to number one in the UK. That The song went to number one in the UK, despite... Enya sort of suggesting that being the single on the record as a bit of a joke because it's a record that she thought kind of had no singles or, you know, she wasn't she wasn't setting out to make pop music. And then she pretty much became Enya, you know, like then then it was it was pretty much stardom. The next album was Shepherd Moons in 1991. Um, and around this time, the, the debut record was re-released and then that charted in the top 10 in the UK, where it got to number 69 before when it was originally released. She travelled for a bit to fund the next record, which was The Memory of Trees. And then there was fifth album in 2000 called The Day Without Rain. That one sold a lot after uh, Only Time was used in a lot of footage surrounding the September 11th attacks in New York. Mm-hmm. And the song became something of kind of a soundtrack um to that and then to the in 2001 she wrote and performed two songs for the lord of the rings may it be and an aniron which is the theme for aragon and arwen may it be was nominated for an academy award for best song but it lost out to what oh, oh. i actually saw this yesterday but i cannot remember already <laughs> it's not something that I would expect people to know. It lost out to, to a song called If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc. Right. Um, but Howard Shore did win Best Score that year. And I think that, that, was, that was the year when basically the Lord of the Rings just won the Oscars. And mm. it, was, it, was a, it was a good year. And then the seventh album came in 2008. That's called And Winter Came. And then there was a really long extended break for Enya and Fair Play. Uh, she didn't release the next album until 2015. That one's called Dark Sky Island, and that's based on the island of Sark, which is a dark sky preserve, uh, which I think means there's no lights allowed and you can look at, at stars there. And since then, we haven't had an album, but that is a, you know, that is your, your your cliff notes on what has happened with Enya so far. Those, <laughs> yeah, but those, those eight albums have sold that many, 80 plus uh, million albums. Uh, and I saw a quote from Warner Music chairman Rob Dickens, who's actually mentioned by name in Orinoco Flow, if you look at the lyrics. He said uh, of signing Enya way back, is uh, sometimes the company is there to make money and sometimes it's there to make music. Enya's the latter. <laughs> so I kind of liked that. But 
I mean, we'll get into a bit more about like the setup and the production and, and like how how Enya got to where she is now and how she's considered one of those finest artists in, you know, like and a, and a crossover artist and a cross generational artist as well. Um, but I wanted to like specifically something that started happening maybe four or five years ago. I noticed it at the first and a lot of artists, American artists were name checking Enya as a an influence. I mean, most recently, I know you were a fan of this Andrea uh, Way's Blood, um, mm-hmm. and her music. And uh, she, there's a great article called "Every Is Enya Is Everywhere" um, uh, by Jen Pelly, one of uh, Liz Pelly used to used to be an intern uh, over this way a uh, while back. And her her twin sister Jen wrote a great piece on Enya and uh, chatted to Wise Blood about it. And Natalie Merring is Wise Blood, and she said uh, when she was coming up, she would play Enya for male artists uh, she was with and try and convince them that like Enya was brilliant, basically. And uh, she would she went on to say, Enya's a drone artist. She likes She's like the most mainstream noise artist there ever was. Uh, but the connection would also always elude uh, the men that she was playing with uh, because they just didn't see what the deal was and she talks specifically about a song called Generation Y which I'll play here for a second So that kind of choral effect, that choral effect that you can hear there is uh, very much associated with Enya. We'll get into the specifics of characteristics as well later on. Um, but, you know, another artist who has referenced um, Enya as an influence is FK Twigs on her most recent album, Magdalene. She said that the opening song Thousand Eyes was heavily inspired by, uh, by Enya. If you don't So another artist that worked on that album, Magdalene, uh, with FK Twigs is Daniel Lopatan, aka One O Tricks Point Never, and uh, from Jen Pelly's article in Pitchfork for for uh, he was interviewed about Enya's influence, and he said uh, he was only six years old in the late eighties when he first saw Enya on television performing Boda Chia in the studio, her hands on the Roland Juno Six keyboard, and had an epiphany. It was the same synth his dad had in the basement and used for his gigs. But when I saw Enya playing on VH1, it created this really powerful rift in my mind. There are things that are possible. With that instrument that are magical. That's the origin of my creativity. It's not simply that she's making pretty stuff, he says. She's mastered the art of making a very gentle, quiet thing sound absolutely ferocious. Um, and, you know, they That's like. That's a lovely way to describe yeah, the music. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a great quote. And uh, another artist who is. Uh, been quoted and you can hear her here talking about uh, Enya as an influence. It's a surprising one. It is Nicki Minaj, and here she is talking to Stephen Colbert about her influence. Are, do you do you do you have a form of music you listen to? Like you have artists you listen to that might surprise people? I do, and every time I, every time I tell people this, they think I'm kidding. But I love Enya. I listen to her the most out of everyone. Yeah. So like, that is about a far, as far away from rap as I can absolutely. imagine a popular yeah. art form being. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? It's so peaceful and um, it helps me with like harmonies and just like sounds and stuff. So when I go in there, I don't like I'm not a singer, but I'm a rapper. So I don't like to call people singers in to come and do like harmonies and backgrounds. So I just tap into my Enya, my Enya knowledge. And I do Your my little harmony. My inner Enya. Mm -hmm. She's like an elf. I know. Yeah. She's otherworldly. She's yeah. otherworldly. Yeah. So yeah, that's Nicki Minaj talking about Enya. Um, other artists who have mentioned uh, and who have been noted as sound alike for Enya has been the likes of Julia Halter, Grimes, uh, um, her perfume genius, Juliana Barwick, and uh, The Weeknd is a noted fan as well, surprisingly. Um, and as you mentioned there, like Enya's song, Only Time, has actually been used a lot over the years. It came out in 2000. It was uh, associated with 9-11. But it also got a new life on TikTok uh, in recent years as a kind of a meme song. So here is a bit of that song. You may have heard it on TikTok. Who can say where the road goes Where the day Can I ask, sorry, what 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 way is it memed? What does what what sort of meme is only time used in? Oh, it's it's it's. I mean, I mean, it's just in a TikTok context. It's used like is it a, a to, kind of a thousand yard stare? Hello, yeah, that is my it could be used for loads of different things. It can be used as like you know what would be, how would you describe it? Like somebody's, you know, the uh, the Hulk walking down the road kind of thing, or okay, you know, right. like something, it could be like uh, denoting sadness, denoting loneliness, denoting, okay. you know, that anything, that's some, it's happening to me again, or, you know, right. you're staring out the window. It could be anything, really. I mean, it's a very okay. versatile song the, for that. The, the spectrum of human emotion. Pretty much. I mean, that's any for you. Um, yeah. I'm happy the kids are discovering that yeah. song. Yeah, why not? One of the other, uh, uh, I just wanted to play this because uh, uh, it was one of the first things I thought about. A noted <laughs> music fan, Alan Partridge, is also an Enya fan. Here he is from his show. <laughs> sail away, sail away, sail away. Sail away, sail away. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm not saying you. <laughs> Uh, pump number three. Good pump. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is uh, Alan Partridge talking to Sweaty Raphael, his old uh, school teacher. So there's a lot of artists who have uh, name checked Enya there. Uh, what, is, what have, and I think is really interesting there is that a lot of them are American, and there's not a, you don't really hear a lot of um, Irish artists really talking about Enya. I mean, maybe because we still don't think it's cool, and you know Enya is an otherworldly thing. But is she also why does she why is she resonating with these artists? And I think. A lot of this has to do with the sound of the music. What Enya's music sounds like. At the time when it came out, you know, it was called New Age and very, you know, kind of interesting, New Agey kind of music. And uh, But now, like, if you go back and listen to that, a lot of what Enya was doing back in when she started and, and the defining sounds of Enya are actually, you know, they're very current. They're like dream pop, ambient music, that kind of choral stuff. Um it's it's very uh, an electronic production wrapped up in modern production. So here's like, I mean, let's play Caribbean Blue for an example, right? So this is, you know, big, one of Enya's big songs. Um, it's called Caribbean Blue. And you can hear the tones in this and how it like sounds so modern. 
Okay, that was Caribbean Blue from the from her 1991 album Shepherd Moons, as you mentioned earlier on, Andrea. Um, so yeah, very dreamy pop, a lot of ambience in there, but very much like an electronic production as well. So, you know, if you think about it, like there's a lot of music out there that's very much folk and electronic production ma- matched together. Synthesizers is something that Enya, the music of Enya used. And of course, like the thing about Enya itself, it's like uh, herself, it's like, it's Enya's a band. It's Enya is... Mm the producer Nikki Ryan and the lyricist uh, her his wife Roma Ryan and Enya mm. who would do a lot of the the melodies and also play a lot of the instruments so it's yeah. an interesting thing because there's actually three people involved in this really but she's the public face she's Enya and it's funny that she's the public face being you know considering how private she is and and, and, yeah. and yet she can yeah, kind yeah. of have this this persona I suppose. you don't even know who the others what the others really look like mm. you know they bought a lot of equipment in the early 80s and what's interesting about that is you know when the split happened in from Clannad and uh, between Clannad and Nicky Ryan and Enya decided rather than you know stay with Clannad and stay with her family she was like I know I want to be a solo artist I know I want to mm. explore this other thing so she actually did move into their house in Artain um, which was you yeah. know very unique thing to do do you know what happened with the split between Nicky Ryan and because I couldn't really find anything about it? I saw online that there was a vote taken or something. But yeah, I, don't, I think I don't that know can. What, um, I mean, that's that can happen a lot with the split. I suppose it's just one of those kind of artistic differences. Things yeah, maybe, I think but, I think that's it. I think. Yeah, I did read something yesterday that said you know at first there was a bit of animosity, but actually like it's all fine, and it has yeah. been fine for many years. And I think I mean I was I was reading that Enya um, as a child she would spend a lot of her time i'm indoors playing piano and she she remembers her siblings being outside and playing and Enya very much being inside and very very much spending a lot of time with her music with her watercolors learning latin which she really liked yeah like she does sound like she's an indoor child indoor she's an indoor child um (laughs) and as a fellow indoor child I, I like that. It, she she all she really just sounds like she's just straight out of some kind of like Regency era novel. Like she's work working on her like on her watercolors and like maybe her stitching and her Latin and just doing yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And it's like this little girl just up in Donegal and. Oh, but she knew so, what she wanted. She moved in yeah. with with, uh, with Nikki and Roma in their home. And then mm. in, in Artane and uh, to see what happens. And they obviously felt like there was something has transpired. It clearly has worked. Mm. Um, but, you know, they didn't at first, like she was very convinced because she sold her saxophone in order to pay for uh, mm-hmm. the bank denied them a loan. They were building a studio in the back garden called Eagle Studios, which is a French word for eagle, in the back garden in their house in Artane. And then like it's it's a big commitment it's a big big commitment and uh, so they felt like you know there was they had something and they were right and the other thing is that they must have spent money on a lot of synthesizers which at the time you know they're very very expensive and yeah. big very defining part of of their sound as well because you know uh, her early works if you take look at like watermark the second album feature numerous keyboards yamaha kx88 uh, DX7 uh, and Akai S900, Roland D50 and Roland Juno. They're not cheap and they weren't cheap in the 80s. So, I mean, that must have been what the money was spent on, but they really used it well. But I'm going to play a song here from her 1987 debut to give you an idea of the kind of, um, the electronic vibe of of um, Enya's music. This was like from the Celts, right? So this is uh, 1987. So have a listen to this. This is called Aldebaran. Aldebaran. 
Um, I think af- after every song of Enya's that you're going to play, I'm going to read a comment from at Enya Comments on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, which is a Twitter account that just collates comments under Enya YouTube videos. So for this one, I'm going to choose this one. Uh, simply beautiful, three exclamation points, 0% porn, 0% drugs, 0% bad words, 100% talents, 100% legend. Thanks for comments. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay, well, that was kind of the electronic vibe of, of Enya. You can hear, I'm going to play a bit more here of a song called On My Way Home um, from, uh, this is from our fourth studio album, uh, The Memory of Trees. on my way home from her fifth album from 1995 um yeah and i think you can draw a line between the atmospheric kind of electronic folk of that and maybe how about one of like ireland's greatest new bands in the last few years how about something like saint sister you can hear a bit of that mm. kind of uh, vibe there so here, here's here's a bit of saint sister just to for comparison like just a little bit and there's a slight bit of the same vibe here <laughs> So as you can hear there, you're getting that kind of choral, multi-tracked, multi-layered vocal thing that they had, um, that Enya had, and they were called, they were, uh, like Nicky Ryan called that the chorus of one. There's uh, apparently inspired by Phil Spector's wall of sound technique. Um, so the multi-layer uh, vocal was really like one of the main defining characteristics of Enya's music. And one of the others was, uh, you know, the fact that they had the big stabbing pizzicato strings and when strings are plucked uh, with the instruments. And uh, a good example of that is the song Echoes in Rain. So, you know, I mean, what you're hearing there is some very defining sounds and, and ones that have come back around. And I think with Enya, what's happened is that that the sounds of New Age are very much the sounds of now. Um, so, you know, when you're hearing Enya now, you, what you're really hearing is, uh, is uh, you know, somebody who was actually ahead of their time. And, uh, you know, uh, Jen Pelly's piece in Pitchfork uh, addresses this as well. Um, she says, I came to think of her like a Rosetta Stone for a particular thread of modern pop music that is slow and hypnotic and restorative with operatic melancholy, solitary strength and a discernibly feminine sense of craft. And I think, you know, the other part of all this is that genre um, 
walls have kind of come down. Hearing an artist like Enya is no longer like, oh, well, that's like new age music, whatever. It's like people don't yeah. judge things like that anymore. If they hear something they like, they kind of just add it to their playlist or they listen to it, yeah. they explore. And there's no barrier there. And the barrier to listen to Enya's music is very, like she's often referenced. She was referenced in South Park. You know, um, she's been referenced a lot. She's she's a very well-known artist. She's one of the biggest selling artists mm. of all time. So, you know, that explains why um, she can be such an influence. I'm going to play a bit of uh, Even in the Shadows here, just uh, also from Dark Sky Island from 2015, just to show you, like, how recent she's been making this music and how, like, how good it is. Sorry, Andrea, but that is Pitchfork best new music right there. That is uh, <laughs> that is Enya from 2015 um, from her album uh, Dark Sky Island, even in the shadows. And I think one of the other reasons why Enya is such an inspiration is actually she's an inspiration for many women in the industry. She's a role model. She does her own thing. As Wise Blood told the Irish Times a couple of years ago, um, she's incredible. Enya is definitely underrated because she's so feminine. She's a completely uninhibited feminine force, a matriarchal force in music. She had so much success because of that distinctive sound, but because people, music people are obsessed with rock and roll drums, she doesn't get the attention she deserves. If you look at her record sales, she is, in my opinion, up there with the Beatles. And another thing that FK Twig said back in the day was uh, she's a mother uh, like Bjork and Kate Bush. So there's definitely like a lot of comparisons there between herself and, you know, Kate Bush as well, obviously recorded in Women Lane uh, as well. And, and there's a lot of comparisons there, you know, these kind of um, creative control, um, very fiercely independent uh, artists and who who can do what they want. And mm. OK, so this is where I have a hot take uh, around Eddie, right? Um, because there's a lot of things that uh, make sense here. I can see a lot of parallels that Enya is the Billie Eilish of the 1980s. Okay. <laughs> right? Let me let me explain. Is there a way um, of saying that well, where we don't say that Enya is the Billie Eilish of the 80s? <laughs> maybe there is. Maybe, maybe um, Billie Eilish is the Enya of today? Yes. Okay, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. Feels better, I think. Thanks, editor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Billy Eilish, is, but but I want to talk about Enya. And why is Billy Eilish mm. the the Enya of of, of now? Uh, well, I mean, if you look at Enya's career, she kept a lot of creative control around her music. Um, when she signed a label deal with Warner, they her contract allowed her three years between each album. So that meant that she was she was allowed three years to make each album. And uh, Warren Brothers said they tried to make her image more rock and roll, but she rejected it. You can see, uh, you know, in the same way that Billie Eilish is allowed, uh, does what she wants. And uh, she keeps a small circle of collaborators. There is Enya, there is Nicky Ryan, the producer, and there's Roma Ryan, the lyricist. And that's it. And that's all they've ever really allowed people to into their studio. Occasionally they have, they've had a couple of people 
and play a couple of instruments, but no uh, creative input, really. I think they've had a bass player definitely once, Mm. um, but very little outside interference. They don't collaborate. They don't uh, talk to really any other And he's never done a Bond song. Yeah, I mean, she. I'm Which sure she's been asked. I think asked. she should do a Bond song. Yeah. I would uh, like that very much to hear yeah. a new Bond song. Um, yeah. Yeah, I take that point. I think I just also, see a lot of, you know, you know, close, a small circle of collaborators that she keeps mm. and and the, only them, like Billy and, and Phineas. Uh, mm. The label don't interfere. They don't make her, at the moment, put guests on her albums and stuff like that. Like Billy Eilish mm. announced a new album. It's be out you know, in July, I believe. So, you know, um, I just see a lot of I, parallels there. I think I, I see think, the parallels more with somebody like Kate Bush, I think. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, in terms of the sort of pioneering kind of not, quite belonging to any one genre constantly sort of just being so far outside of the genre that you kind of have to put them in pop because there's nowhere else that it makes sense for them to be like Enya's won four academy or or, uh, grammys um in the new age category even though she doesn't identify at all as a new age artist um and i don't really think that that is is a, a good indicator of what she is it's sort of similar to the the categories that we try to put Kate Bush into it just doesn't feel right because they're they're completely pioneering and there's nobody else if somebody else sounds like them it's because they've come after yeah you know and they're 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 kind of following in the in the footsteps um of that and then also you know to quite I I really don't like the word recluse I I I feel like it's it's used disproportionately against women hold that thought Um, hold that thought I think we're going to address that we'll address that a bit later on um yeah um essentially what we're talking about here is that Enya's music it's it's individual and it's essentially it doesn't have a category a new age was a category it was essentially probably adult contemporary in the 80s it was light and airy it didn't have peers she didn't have peers so no one knew where to put it so it just became this I think the surprise is that it became so mainstream and so massive that you know that's the kind of shock of it all though it actually does connect Uh, Perfume Genius Mike Hadrius said about Enya there's something about Enya being so mainstream that is really soothing to me Calling the times he would listen to her celestial sounds with his mother. Everyone knows who Enya is, but there's also this feeling that something that it's something spiritual and strange. She's so synonymous with Ireland. Yeah. Outside of the country. Um I I used to uh go out with somebody who wasn't Irish and who grew up in a different country, and he was saying that I remember him saying before that where where he's from, when you think of Ireland, you don't think of St. Patrick's Day or Guinness or or those things as much as you think of Enya like it could he's, he's he was from Eastern Europe and he was like the, if someone says Ireland it's Enya and that is like the the first thing and she's so synonymous with our because she does lean into I suppose what uh what one could imagine like Celtic music sounds mm, like if there yeah, is such absolutely. a thing I think she probably just invented what that is you know yeah um well I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because I think it's time we talk to Brian Coney who is uh, obviously yeah. the editor of the Tin Air and just this week had an article in Vice called The Guide to Getting It to Enya, Patron Saint of Mystical Mood Music. So I think it's time we have a chat with him about the three different sides of Enya's music.
Brian, are you celebrating um, the birth week of Enya um, this week? I have been. I have been. I've been listening to her a lot more, and I've seen uh, features crop up all over the place, um, including old features by the likes of The Ringer and Pitchfork, which I think came out last year. And so she's been a bit uh, omnipresent. I think she weirdly occupied that like weird no man's land between being hugely popular and like also completely esoteric. And I think that's really hitting with younger people. Gen- Generation Z is definitely hitting with that. And I think people around more our age, you know, thirties, forties. We're starting to realise how good she actually was. So we're catching up a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, you have put together uh, uh, the guide to getting into Enya, the patron saint of mystical mood music for Vice. And you identified three particular areas of interest in terms of Enya's <laughs> music. So will we start a bit with the, when we start with the first one, like how do you, are you kind of like... Obviously, you know, it's mm. somewhat tongue-in-cheek maybe, but like, you know, there is... Yeah, yeah. So your first category is actually sublime, is Sublime Fantastical New Age, Enya. Yes, that, I mean, having to decide on three categories for an artist who is so kind of tricky to describe beyond, you know, classic sort of, you know, New Age and mystical and Celtic pop, it was quite difficult, actually. Um, so the, the Sublime, Swirling, Fantastical New Age Enya one was basically her best songs. That was, that, you know, that's basically a way of saying these are her 15 best tracks that, you know, may not be on a best of, or, you know, some of them probably are. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it includes um, some absolute uh, Enya bangers, uh, mm-hmm. Chia. Actually, yeah, so Bodachia is on there here. We're going to, pl- so let's play with, start with Chia. This is from her debut album. It's so dark and mysterious and full of yeah. wonder as well it really is <laughs> enthralling yeah So as you can hear there, you know, we're, you know, this is our first album. This is a, a very kind of groundbreaking sound in lots of ways. There's a, it's very dark. Mm. It's very mysterious. It's very evocative. It's very, it's very current, isn't it? It truly is. I think, I suppose a lot of us had that epiphany recognizing that, you know, it was used by the Fugees and Ready or Not. And, and actually trying to dislocate that wasn't that hard for me whenever I started getting in Daniels yeah. because it, it truly sounds like it's own thing. It's really disembodied. And as you say, you know, there's a darkness there, I think, in the little bass intervals and yeah. how her harmonies clash with that. It's it's really, it's weird. And also, I noticed, actually, whenever I was writing the piece, you know, I was listening to it a few times in a loop, and it hit me that it's it's really just her humming throughout, yeah. but like on a totally transcendent sort of level, humming, peak humming. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the best uh, humming song I can think of. <laughs> I don't know how many Same. of those there are. I mean, other than the crash test dummies, I'm not going to go into that. But Oh, yeah, no, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and the other song that, you know, one of Enya's biggest hits, and uh, we, as we discussed on the podcast, you know, it was used in different contexts around, first of all, around 9-11, but also a song that has had a new life on TikTok as well. This is only time. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I could have chose any number of tracks off that playlist in this first sort of um, category uh, that, you know, are less known or whatever. But this really does epitomize both Anya's sound generally, but also her sort of ability to transcend generations. And like, even though the meme is funny, it is also kind of weirdly beautiful in its own way because that like who can say where the road goes there is there is an actual profundity to that even if you are laughing you know yeah absolutely absolutely um and i think yeah. isn't that the best kind of music you know like it has it, it walks the line between something that is yeah. very uh close to being cheesy and uh yeah you know and also not <laughs> I, I totally agree and i think you know you know mentioning kid bush in relate in relation to anya is kind of easy of course because they're both auteurs in their in their sort of pop field, but there is they have both occupied that world where you know you see Kate Bush memes pop up all over the place, you know. So it's usually Wuthering Heights. Let's be honest, but you know it's still you can still recognize the beauty in the music and also have a little sort of titter away here. So. Mm, yeah. So that's the main like those are the big hits. You've got the likes of obviously Iron Got Flow in there, um, you know. Uh, uh, the memory of trees. Anywhere is is a great song as well, isn't it? Is like. That's one that's been coming back to me a lot this week, I have to say. Yeah, I think there's a strange, like, there's an interesting parallel between that and uh, Only Time in, in terms of how it, the song, the lyrics, which are obviously written by Roma Ryan, is basically saying, you, you, you really make your own, you make your own fate in this life. And I, I really, really love that. It's sort of saying, you, you know, you can choose the path where you want to go, but it ultimately comes down to you. No one pushes you into the path. Um, and that song is so beautiful. Anywhere, anywhere else is just so like, it's just such a wee bop. Like, I love it. So the next facet of any you've, you've uh, talked about is the heady, mystical, Celtic pop Enya. And this is the one that maybe, you know, on the surface is, is you know, what a lot of people internationally might associate. You know, the idea, Celtic pop, this is what Enya does. This is what yeah. maybe, is this the most traditional sense yeah. of, uh, in terms of music? Yeah, I think so. You know, coming from her roots in Guidor, obviously breaking off from Clannad and, and doing her solo thing. And her first actual sort of release being a soundtrack called to a BBC television show called The Celts. And, you know, she's deeply rooted in in this whole sort of, you know, this world. I mean, this is this is her life. So she's not doing it to, like, you know, reflect a side of her. It is just a side of her. It is it's a major part of her. Um, so will we play uh, Smeetja from Shepherd Moon? So that's a 1991 album? That's it? right, yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So let's play a bit of uh, Smeetja. Oh, 
I would say that kind of sound is very much typical of um, a lot of, well, a lot of Irish uh, traditional music, but maybe um, Enya has uh, really helped popularize that actually more than I'm familiar with. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you grow up around these kind of sounds, you're kind of like, oh, well, they're just there. But like, actually, the origin of that kind of modern take on that kind of music where the modern production is on it and there's reverb and there's Mm -hmm. the multi-track vocals, especially when Enya is obviously a huge thing. Um, and you can really hear that there as well. You know, mm-hmm. they always seem to get it in a little bit. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah. really interesting because th- that's the sort of mental note that I'd made about this song. It's like, it's precariously close to a song that you'd hear in mass growing up, like, you know, while going up to get communion or you know, a month's mind or something. Yeah, it legitimizes it. It sort of, it brings it into like a, a sort of a, a secular world and you realize that, it, you know, that, that actual compositionally, it's quite simple, but the, the emotive power behind it is really strong. Very good. Yeah, so let's play uh, Dara on tour from uh, the Celts album from 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, maybe she just she's just so close to us <laughs> in a way that we just kind of yeah maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so your final like facet, your final uh, vibe, uh, Enya vibe is swirling dramatic Enya. Mm. So how would you characterize that? I pretty much every song in this playlist in this category was either in a minor key or really uh, staccatoy, um, crescendoy sort of music, which is leading to like a real sort of dark and um, fateful climax. I think a lot of that's to do with the production by uh, Nicky Ryan. His sort of uh, his guidance there, I'd say, was probably very instrumental. Um, so I, this is the one I would listen to most because, um, you know, it's this sort of sound where you need to be in the right headspace for. But if when you are, it really hits. Let's hear uh, Last Sonadora from The Memory of Trees. That is very sleepy and somnambulist, very mm-hmm. like sleepy vibes. I like that. Totally. Uh, a lot. This song, La Sonadora, is from The Memory of Trees in 95. And as you can hear, obviously, she's singing in Spanish. But lyrically, I love it because she's basically saying, I will be a wave. I will be the moon. She's sort of obsessed with, you know, the elements and planetary motion and stuff. And uh, it really comes across so nicely in the song. Tear uh, Aniron then from. Uh, so what album is this from? Aniron was written. Um, specifically for uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I was wondering how much, you know, the idea that genres are, are mattering less to people these days and, uh, you know, how we consume music and, you know, you can hear, you know, you listen to something like Grimes and, and maybe her more ambient or, or like, things like work like that. And, you know, you can hear some real parallels there. Mm-hmm. Do you hear any other parallels there with Enya that maybe has uh, gone on into the wor- wider world? I think, well, in this song specifically, the fact that she's singing in an Elvish language that was uh, created by J.R. Tolkien. Um, so it, it's sort of like Glossolalia. It's sort of, she's just sort of, it sounds like she's just singing yeah. notes, much like Cocteau Twins. And I think that's why a lot of people are why people are jumping onto Cocteau Twins as well, because it's like, you know, Elizabeth Fraser's resonating with them. In a modern sense, I would love to hear more uh, artists sort of, not create their own languages, but lean harder into that. That would be really nice. 
Um, so other than the three playlists that you did, is there like, I mean, obviously they're a great place to start because they give you the multifaceted uh, view of Enya's music. But w- if you were to pick an album, would you, where would you suggest someone start? I think um, Watermark is, you know, obviously known as being uh, a, a real watermark in her career. Yeah. And it really is, you know, truly as an early sort of uh, representation. But Shepherd Moons and A Day Without Rain, I would really, really recommend. And in terms of how they encapsulate um just the general sort of uh, facets of Enya's sound that she really, really epitomizes in those. And then A Day Without Rain in 2000 is amazing. I mean, that's her fifth album, and yet, like, she's she's ripping out the likes of uh, Only Time. and uh, Yeah, <laughs> interestingly, I saw something online this week that was, like, talking about Shepherd Moon, and uh, he was saying, it's not even, like, that's, uh, like, people always go on about My Bloody Valentine, Loveless has been the best Irish album of all time, the best Irish album. it's not even the best <laughs> album of 1991, that's <laughs> Shepherd Moon, Shepherd Moon's for menu. <laughs> Man, there might be a point there, actually, you know. If I could choose, if I could choose to listen one right now after this call, it would be Shepherd Moon. Okay, Shepherd okay. Moon. Well, let's go listen to Shepherd Moon. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for chatting to us. Having a stage name does that allow you to be two people? Like, can you be Anya when you're out, and can you be Little Ethan Lee Brown when you're out? No, it's usually Anya all the time. I don't. There's no two people for me. Yeah. And what about all this biz now that we've been reading that you're supposed to be a recluse who hides away out in Kulak and never comes out? That's not really you, is it? It is, very much so. I mean, as far as working with music, um, my leisure would be sitting on my own in silence. That's how I would like to spend an afternoon with a nice glass of dry white wine. Thanks to Brian for the chat about Enya and the guide to getting into Enya. Um, you can check out his article. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes and the Spotify playlist as well. Nice to have him on. It's an excellent article. I highly, yes, highly, highly do, recommend do. reading it. It's brilliant. Do have a look. Um, and, and like one of the other things we haven't discussed, which especially we talked about with Irish people like are so like familiar with Enya, is that her home is a castle in in Kailini. You know, it is she bought it for two point seven million. It's it's if you look at it up, you can see it's very uh it is very castle like, you know, there's no getting around it. Like you can't you can't deny this is like this is the most castle house you've ever seen in your life. Um yeah, it's and very yeah, highly it's... unusual. So she bought it in nineteen ninety seven and renamed it Manderley Castle after the oh, famous yeah. uh, book Rebecca by Daphne de Moray. Um and the film you may have seen last year on Netflix, which wasn't very good, which started Garbage um, film, um, bad film, good book. Bad man Army Hammer now. <laughs> and was it Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Mm, he, different podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um yeah, God, this house is amazing. Yeah, it's. It, I think I've seen it from afar. I think I've definitely do, walked like, past the, the Kalini Walk. I think somebody like somebody yeah. had pointed to it and been like, "That's Enya's house," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that, it could be anything." And but unfortunately, sure. because of Enya's uh, nature and because of the kind of person that she is and the kind of music that she makes, she has unfortunately had uh, a lot of uh, stalkers over the years who would show, show up at her house and stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately, in 2012, she had a panic room installed in her house and then had to use it because somebody had broken in. And there's numerous examples of that where she has to be very safe um, and uh, 
secure in that house. So thoughts are with her for that because, you know, that's not easy to have people uh, trying to break into your house. But, you know, the, one of the ideas of around Enya that's uh, very dominant is that she's a reclusive, right? You know, that mm. she stays in her house and her castle and never comes out. But that is just not true. Like Enya does loads of promo. Just loads of promo. I, all over I was the on YouTube today watching loads of videos of her doing She was interviews. on Pat Kenny there a few years ago and he was talking about walking yeah. by her house when, in with his dog. Um, she was on Japanese TV. She's all over the place. She's she's oh, she's a very good uh, artist for promotion. She always promotes her work. What she doesn't do. I, th- I think the fact that she doesn't tour is what makes people yeah. think that she's reclusive. Well, that's she it. She doesn't go on the road. That's it. Um. So people are like, oh, well, she must just like go and record her album and then go back to her castle, barricade herself in and live with her cats for three years. Um, and I mean, if she does do that, that's fine. Yeah, I I think the, the not touring thing and the, you know, she's not exactly on the cover doing a, a, a interview feature on all the Sunday papers when she releases a new album like she's not she's not doing the typical sort of yeah she um, does TV album cycle TV promo mostly. but she yeah she will she'll go on the late late and or she'll um she'll have like uh an in like a, a quite an in-depth interview I, I get the impression that she only does interviews that she feels like she can like she's comfortable enough expressing herself like she has the time that the person that she's talking to is going to get it right she's not I, I get the impression she's picky about the interviews that she does and that's good. Yeah. Um I think everybody should be quite picky about the interviews that they do. Yeah. And um yeah, I think that's and also I, I, I do think that the recluse thing is just a, a shorthand way of saying that we're not getting like that she's not behaving like a good pop star, like yeah. a good w- woman in pop. Um and that's something that obviously Kate Bush has had to deal with as well. Mm. Um, I, I, I feel like the word recluse being u- used against those two women is it tends to be used in, in quite a negative way as, mm. as, as a criticism. And, you know, like, oh, maybe they should be doing more and getting out and speaking more. Yeah. And that and the other. They should be out there collaborating and, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, and that's that's yeah. not necessary. Um, yeah. But I mean, one thing she did do, you know, you're talking about her doing lots of promos. She did a Reddit AMA five years ago. She did. I was reading that. It was brilliant. Yeah. And she does say really uh, the castle, such a, such a lovely, uh, the castle kind of feels like it found me more than anything else. Like, it's fascinating to look at that as well, just to see uh, all three of them, actually, Roma, Ryan, uh, Nikki, Ryan and, and Enya do respond in that Reddit AMA. Um, but yeah, she doesn't play live, right? And one of the reasons mm. maybe why she doesn't play live is that because, yeah, she, it was, at the time when it came out, it was kind of hard to replicate the layered, multi-layered vocals that she had going on in a live setting. There was technological limits in the 80s and or maybe she learned from that experience, as we mentioned earlier on, she was maybe quite nervous performer in the early days. And uh there is actually a video of her performing Orinoco Flow live in France in 1989, and it's not good. So I won't play it here because I don't think it's fair, but if you want to watch it, you can go watch it. Basically, you know, her vocal isn't up to scratch on the original. And I mean, you can imagine the more you, you can't really replicate those kind of uh, big uh, multi-layered vocals. It's unfortunate in a way that yeah. these, 
this version is up because it basically shows you that, okay, you can see the limitations of what Enya's music is like live. She's not, a, mm. <laughs> as my friend who's a studio engineer uh, was saying about the video, was like, she, her mic technique is awful. <laughs> he's like, he's <laughs> like, she's right. not singing into the mic or anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's the major thing. Like there's very few artists who have managed to sustain a high level career um, like Enya's without touring live and she has and uh, Kate Bush has like you said I think she was asked in that AMA um, would you ever it was somebody it was really sweet Some, somebody was like why don't you sell t-shirts I really want a t-shirt and she was like well merch is kind of something that comes along with touring live and I just haven't really toured that much so just never made merch and then about 10 comments underneath being like please release t-shirts oh my god please release t-shirts <laughs> yeah and, yeah uh, yeah, but you know she does things on her own terms and you know she she's managed to establish her own privacy as a kind of a personal achievement in the face mm. of a and of a of a very successful career and uh, to define that on her own terms and i think that's mm. and also she she doesn't need to tour like no she doesn't she doesn't tend i mean to tour she's very she's very well off to fund albums like yeah. she's she's done incredibly well for herself financially not least because of that lawsuit against the the, the Fugees that we'll probably talk about later. We are, yeah. Well, I mean, that's well, it. I mean, I mean, I think it's time for some trivia, right? I think it's time for some trivia. So I, I, I do you want my fun facts. I want to hear your fun facts. Yeah. Okay. Enya has a signed photo of Rachmaninoff in her home. Very good. That's really cool. I think that's awesome. She's sung in ten languages over her career, including Quenya and Sindarin or Sindarin, which are both languages that were invented by Tolkien. Uh, John Paul, the, Pope John Paul II was a big fan of hers. Oh, she's a Taurus, and <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I couldn't get many facts. <laughs> and finally, according to her profile on sunsigns.org, she's reported to have said that she doesn't need a man. And those are all my fun facts about Enya. Thank you very much. Very good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because Enya has never married or had children. She's chosen music above all else and yeah. uh, is often asked about that. And she says, I'm single. Yes, there have been relationships. It's quite hard to have someone accept that. Well, not that they are second to my music, but I do need a certain amount of space for it. And even though the person will understand that at the beginning, there's something like jealousy towards the music after a while. She sighs. It's difficult. Music is her number one. Uh, I have a few more facts. Uh, did you know she turned down an offer to score Titanic? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Enya's, what instruments does Enya play? She plays the saxophone, uh, the accordion, the tin whistle and cello. A little bit of cello, she says, as per Reddit. Does she have any pets? Uh, no, she doesn't. But Three the, cats, I thought? Um, I, she, well, this is from the Reddit uh, AMA. So oh, okay. Does she have any pets? No, but on uh, maybe it's in, uh, she, has a house, she has a house in France as well. So she may have cats in France. But in Dublin, apparently on the grounds, there are squirrels, but also uh, they are grey squirrels, but they released recently red squirrels. So they stay on the ground and the grounds are pretty busy. So Enya and her squirrels are hanging oh. out. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I love that. Was... How do I make that happen for me? <laughs> How do I have this life? There was a lovely question. I, th I thought this, this was a, a lovely answer. Uh, Hi, Enya. Big fan. Would you, what would you consider your best work so far? And simply her response was, Eight albums. <laughs> 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 also, Enya doesn't eat ice cream. Just so you know. She doesn't eat ice cream. She doesn't eat ice cream. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I wonder, because you know the way like she li- she does live in Dublin and one of the benefits of living in Dublin is kind of being central and being able to nip into town. Do you reckon she nips into town? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I don't know what I'd do if I was walking out of Tower Records and I saw her walking in or something. Well, do you she, know? Like, yeah. I, don't, I mean, she definitely... I don't know what I would do. She Like, based on her clothing, she'd probably be going... Where would she be going? Like, she'd probably be going to Asha more than she'd be going to Tower Records. Asha? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I don't know. I think she'd probably go in, have a single port, and then go home. Yeah, she'd like go by Eagle or something. Yeah, she'd probably go to McCullough's, and uh, um, so she doesn't eat ice cream, but she does have a planet named after her, uh, Minor Planet Six Four Three Three. In two thousand and seventeen, a new discovered species of fish uh, was named after. It's called Leporinus enye, found in the Orinoco River drainage area. Of course. Oh. Of course. In the 2016 Sunday Times Top 50 Music Millionaires of Britain, Ireland, she emerged as the richest female singer with a fortune of 91 million. <sighs> That's how you get those good red squirrels on your grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's that, that, that 91 mil. <laughs> uh, there was a, I, I, did, I did encounter a Belfast Telegraph article which had some funny lines in it. Uh, it was an interview with her. Uh, about five years ago and it says one of the lines is the smile I had anticipated never quite reaches her lips and from beneath her raven hair she appraises me quizzically with Bambi eyes Uh, and apparently I bet she loved that description yeah apparently that reminds me of that description of Sally Rooney when some some man was interviewing her and and he was like he was basically like she's very good looking and looks like a doe and it's like okay okay. (laughs) Uh, apparently she is a fan of both Green Day and P. Diddy and it inspired her 2015 <laughs> album so uh, although uh, the writer notes uh, I don't really hear that um, but there you go uh, obviously yes the the big samples and uh, the Fuji's uh, song is obviously one of the biggest and best used uh, samples going uh, right for ready or not let's play a bit of that sure why not Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and make you want now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Yeah. Those who can relate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden kicks. Those who fake they Well, did you know, Andrea, that that song actually was not cleared as a sample uh, in when it first appeared on the uh, Fuji's album? And uh, yeah, it, she, the she sued them. Yeah, well, here she is talking about that particular thing. What it, what had happened was... Um just a call and somebody mentioned, you know, that on the Fuji's album there was, Bodicea had been sampled. Um, and at first when, you know, it's, you're dis, you, you really are sort of in disbelief because you, you don't believe that they would do it uh, so openly. Um, but when I heard the album and I did hear Bodicea, I was quite disappointed because they had, um, sampled quite a few um, songs and had credited the various people and I'd asked and seeked permission but had not with me. So uh, immediately the record company and the publishers just went to their record company and said we're going to pull 
the song, which entailed pulling the album. And um, at this stage, their manager had spoken to, uh, to me and had said, I was kind of a bit worried because of uh, the association with rap artists. And uh, some of them get this um, sticker um, label for sort of bad language and contents of lyrics. And I was a little bit concerned about this um, for my fans, because they would have felt that I had consented to this. But then the manager, David Songberg, uh, uh, came and spoke and said that they were not of rap but of hip-hop and that they were uh, trying to portray a different image and trying to uh, say something that was quite different. So I listened and then in the end I got very concerned for the group because they had a number one album in the US uh, charts and uh, I thought it would be terrible that they'd have to pull the album out of the charts, out of the shops. So, um, so I said the song would stay in the album, and, but they had to um, put in an apology with their, their record. It has to be that, um, that people just can't go and take music from somebody without permission. It has to be, Andrea. It has to be giving full parent-teacher <laughs> vibes there. Yeah, very much so. Where, like an apology is needed. Um, yeah. It has to be. The, uh, the whole, oh, I had concerns about rap music. That mm. That's kind of, it, it, it's dated a bit now, hasn't it? It has a bit. Attitude. It could be genuine. It could be genuine. You know, yeah. she may not allow cursing in her house or, or nearby. You never know. She doesn't yeah. curse in her music. Those squir um, squirrels are on their best behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, other artists that have sampled Enya include Rihanna, who sampled her on her 2010 album uh, Loud on a track called Fading. And uh, also being sampled by the likes of Panda Bear, Bastille and Kate Tempest, uh, Scooter, and uh, uh, who was the other artist I saw? Oh, D Antwerp as well. So yeah, there's there a go. there's a few artists out there who. So that's all of the uh, facts that I have about Enya. She doesn't eat ice cream, and she's got a planet named after her. Fair play. <laughs> Good on you, Enya. Enya. Um, yeah, and Enya's a funny one. I've been really enjoying listening to her this week because I've never really done it you know like I've, I've I've listened to you know the big hits and, and and things but I don't think I've ever put on an album you know and I've I've been doing that a little bit this week and it's been really lovely actually to sort of um connect with this music that is so like I was saying earlier so synonymous with our country and she is one of our biggest cultural exports if not our biggest cultural export yeah um, I mean and influences around the world yeah, you know, so sold more records than 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 Jesus. Um and it's really nice to sort of I I feel like for many years I had this sort of barrier up against Enya because I had a kind of a barrier up against sort of um very I Irish what what I considered at the time to be sort of Celtic mysticism music or something. I I don't know what it was in my head. I was I, I convinced myself that I d disliked it because it was a thing that it wasn't even, you know, and then I think as you get older, you realize Enya's class um, and and you kind of connect with it a bit more and, and connect with that that pride of what she's doing kind of within her music for, for Ireland. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, go on and, and Ireland, as, go on Enya. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, just as well, just as a as a woman who is so in control of her art and her voice and her career, and 
isn't afraid to take risks, but also doesn't take needless risks either. She's just, she just seems like such a poised and considered artist. Um, I think she's a, a really, she'd be a good role model now for people, I'd say, um, in terms of, uh, she's, I mean, she's an example of somebody who maintained the kind of creative control that many artists do fight for earlier on, early on in their career. Um, and she's a very good example of of what can what can happen when record labels take a risk, I suppose. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I hope in the same uh, vein, then uh, Billie Eilish will continue to be allowed to uh, create unfettered and uh, um, without um, being told what I, to do. I love this Enya Billie Eilish thing that you're just running with. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring I'm it not, back. I'm, I'm not back. fully convinced by it, but yeah, I, I like. But you can see I, some I, parallels. I like that you are. You yeah, can admit yeah. that you can see parallels there. I, I can. Yeah. And it just shows exactly that. You know, I mean, you let it's the major label system isn't always the right way to go for a lot of artists. And if you can work and exist in that system and be in control then you're going to do something uh, very individual. And I think that's the thing. Enya is so individual. There's no other artist like her. Is there any other artist you could think of that sounds like Enya on a massive scale or is as popular? I don't think so. I don't think there's anyone like Enya in no. the world who has that kind of level of success mm. and, uh, you know, can be on Lord of the Rings and also, you know, pop down to the shops uh, in town and not be noticed. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think she said that herself, actually, that like in, she doesn't really get noticed in Ireland as much, which is interesting because, you know, we all know who she is. But yet again, maybe we're just I think it's because she, she doesn't walk around dressed like she's in the Scottish Widow ad- advert and we <laughs> sort of expect that she would, that she's walking around town in an emerald green cape. Yes. Kind of fl- floating two inches off the ground and, you know, like birds are landing on her and tweeting around her and... And when really she's just a, a lady, like just going about her business and popping into Fallon and Burn to get some seeds yeah. or whatever it is that she's she doing. Has, she know? has to get insurance too from yeah, Scottish yeah. widows or otherwise. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, that's it. It could all happen. Well, look, that's great. Um, I'm delighted we spent time with Enya this week and I hope you Me guys too. Uh, enjoyed our uh we need to talk about Enya episode and uh yeah. our thanks so much to Brian for coming on and chatting to us about uh about how to how to get into Enya and all yeah. the different ways to get into Enya. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine if you want to support us and join our Discord and get access to weekly Spotify playlists and everything else. And you're 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 busy bee. You're a busy bee at the moment. Busy bee, yeah. Uh Andrea.cleary.ghost.io. Um it's a it's an awful URL, so you can just go to my Twitter and click the link there. Um I've got stuff. Uh, I've got an interview with a cool artist coming out next week Great. who you probably know. Yeah. Ah, you see me around the place, I'm always that stuff. All right, well yeah. look, um will we play a little bit of Enya before we go. Um Yeah, what we what we choose. Um I was thinking of one of the more, you know maybe esoteric songs because like there's still more there would you like you like the more popular one or would you like the esoteric one oh we're, we, we we never been to the the populist <laughs> view of the okay. day do we now you're give, getting give, you're getting fallen fallen please. embers from uh lovely from a day without rain uh, from 2000 and thanks very much and goodbye everybody bye everyone happy birthday Anya. The stars were falling in
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.